Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Conversations with your hosts, Reed and Frank. How are you today, Frank? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Excited for the new year to roll around tomorrow because it's New Year's Eve as we record this episode. That's right. It's the last day of the year. Toot, toot, woot, woot. You know, I was thinking about that, and um, I feel like a positive way you could look at it is there's still a few hours left today, and maybe you made some New Year's predictions at the start of 2021, and you could still go out and get them, you know, if you were going to buy that power bike or some new workout equipment or something <laughs> like that, lose lose some weight, you could maybe start, get that pound off real quick. <laughs> Still a few hours left. That's right. Better get to, to, to doing those jumping jacks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Yep. But anyway, I, as I was sitting here the last day of the year, I was thinking, you know, what a year it's been. Um, as we looked back over our work... Um, it's kind of surprising the stories we started the year with and, and how those have developed, you know, over 2021. I mean, I'm sure you remember the first episode we did uh, in 21 was uh, January 27th, and we called it the New Year's Predictions uh, episode. Yep, I remember that. Yep, and uh, we were just watching the former Vice President Biden be inaugurated. Uh, supposedly as the president of our country. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been told. Yep. But then, do you happen to remember what the big thing, the next big thing we covered was? Ooh, um, it came in February. Oh, what? Uh, February 21st. Oh, it was, was it the uh, uh, Trump's acquittal on the impeachment? That's right. Uh, we titled that show $15 Acquittal because we oh, talked about $15 minimum wage yep, and some other that. things. But, uh, yeah, that's where we watched him. And you haven't acquitted. heard too much about that $15 minimum wage lately, have you? No, probably because of this inflation. That's I know right. That just would pump it higher. Yep. Um, but anyway, then the next thing, remember we were all cracking up uh, sometime in March. Uh, we watched Mr... Watch how I run up ramps, and he stumbles down ramps. <laughs> Remember when he took that fall going up those stairs onto Air Force One? He fell three times in a row. Uh-huh, he like <laughs> stumbled, stumbled his way. Yeah. Well, that was in our March 21st episode that we aptly named the Stumbling Joe Crisis. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> yep, because we also talked about uh, the water situation at the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because that still is an ongoing, yep, almost crisis, isn't yep. it? Sure is. <clears throat> um, well, next we did an episode very qu- shortly after on the 29th, and that's when we first started questioning some of this fishy data that's coming out with this COVID nineteen and these subsequent, um, <clears throat> what do you call them? The where they mutate the mutations? The, oh, variants. The variants. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so we've definitely been tracking COVID. I, I, I have here, we did an episode on March 29th, on May 25th, on July 26th, um, December 9th. So we've been tracking that all year and, uh, you could find those episodes pretty easily if you wanted to go back and look. Um, the March 29th episode was called trans COVID statehood. 
The May 25th episode was called Flip Flop Lab, Lab Leak. It's right there in the title. We were talking about the Lab Leak theory. They People were finally willing to entertain the idea that it leaked from a lab in China. Mm-hmm. This was May 25th of 2021, when some people had been saying it since 2019. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> the next one where we talk about COVID was in the marathon session, and it's part two of that session, if you wanted to go back and find it easily. Um, the December 9th. Oh, I see. Well, that brings me up to the December 9th one, because, you know, one of the other things we've been keeping our eye on, mm-hmm. that's the Supreme Court. <clears throat> we've definitely watched a few cases, um come out of the court there. Yep, we uh, talked about two of them this year. One back earlier this year in their, uh, I guess they call it their summer session maybe, mm-hmm. back in June time. Yeah. And then just recently, when during this October session, uh, I believe the hearings actually took place in about that time in December. Yeah, and those, um, the one was about free speech, right? The one in the yeah. summer the, with the cheerleader, yep, I believe. Right. I remember that. Yeah, that was in our May 25th episode of Flip Flop Lab Leak. And then we also just recently covered that religious freedom kind of case, uh, religion in schools kind right. of thing. Yeah, education. Yeah, yep. and that was in our December 9th episode, which was called SCOTUS, Omicron, Homicide, and Inflation. So... <clears throat> we I think we'll see more coming out of the court in the next year. We'll definitely be tracking that. You know, there are some cases pending now, I believe, um, that should have very interesting and very consequential outcomes for the country. So we'll be sure to keep you all updated on that. Um, because we definitely know that some things will be coming up in the future, not just with the Supreme Court, but as we've discussed in our most recent episode about gerrymandering and redistricting, uh, we also covered the pretty much the fact that Republicans are pretty much a shoe-in to take the House of Representatives. The recent um, election of Glenn Youngkin in Virginia and several other Republican candidates uh, a lot of people see that as a bellwether for uh, the 2022 midterms. Oh, yeah. I mean, there will be a lot of watch- to watch next year. They say Pennsylvania is supposed to be a real big national story, too. So what a year it's been, you know, from inauguration to, to now. Um, it's really been kind of crazy. Yep, it's definitely been a long year, and I think it's... Going to be just as long as a year in 2022, but hopefully coming ending up with some good results. I certainly hope so, too. Yep. And it's, since that was a little bit of, you know, some of what we did get to cover in 2021 on our channel here, there are a few stories that we didn't really get around to talking about, whether it was just poor timing for us to plan a recording session or we just had other stuff going on that we talked about on our shows and one of the big ones um recently was the kyle rittenhouse trial oh yeah that's something i'll probably never forget right um that was definitely a big case for 
uh, a lot of conservatives watch, but also uh, people on the other side of the aisle. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a, a brief overview of uh, the case, if anybody isn't too aware of it. Um, on August 25th of 2020, uh, 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse uh, at the time um, was in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, uh, he was like helping out with uh, like there were a bunch of the riots going on and stuff like that. He was there uh, providing medical aid and he was cleaning up uh, different areas in the city. Yeah, being a volunteer. Right. And he was like with the Boy Scouts or something, wasn't he? That's what I seem to remember. Uh, something like that. Mm-hmm. Some um, kind of like youth volunteer program or something. Right. But uh, Kyle Rittenhouse on August 25th uh, kills two people and injures, injures one in what uh, he had claimed was an act of self-defense in while... Uh, running away from a mob that was trying to attack attack him, um, and then just more recently in November, uh, on November second, his trial began. Um, the uh, prosecution opened uh, with the argument that the evidence will show uh, Rittenhouse was an active shooter whose reckless uh, behavior led to the incidents on August 25th. And then the, excuse me, the defense argued that the same evidence will show uh, Rittenhouse acted in reasonable self-defense from what he thought was a mob trying to attack him. And then on November 15th, uh, the closing arguments for the trial began, and I believe it was only, uh, I can't believe I didn't think to take the notes down. I don't know what the date was. I didn't get the date on when the the verdict was finally read after deliberations. I think it was only, uh, it was the next week sometime, I believe. Cause it took... I know it was right after we got back from our trip to Colorado. Yeah, uh, well... Closing arguments were on the 15th, which was a Monday, and that was the day we were uh, going to St. Louis. Uh-huh. Uh, and people can hear about our trip on our other show, the Wiki Wacky Radio Show, titled Operation Midnight Sun, The Road Trip. <laughs> um, but anyway, the uh, deliberation took a couple days, I'm pretty sure. Longer than most people expected. And a lot of people thought uh, the jury was going to come back with a guilty verdict. Oh, yeah. I had started to get really nervous. Yeah. I really had. I mean, I don't see why it took them so long, but it doesn't matter. It came out the right way. So. Yep. <laughs> the stress is gone now. That's right. He was found not guilty on all counts that were being charged whoop, whoop. Uh, against him. And I have a few memorable moments from the trial. Uh, One is when 
Kyle took the stand to testify. Um, and during his recounting of the night's events on August 25th, he uh, broke down into tears over, you know, recalling the incident that, that happened to him and stuff like that. That kind of made, made headlines. And, um, one of the second, uh, moments was when, uh, one of the prosecution's witness, um, appeared to basically support the defense's argument. Um, let's see, I got a little note on it. Um, Grosskreutz, I believe, is how one of the um, victims, if you will, uh, I don't know what, what the, one of the, he was one of the witnesses, I believe, anyway, for the prosecution, um, one moment here, okay, anyway, he testified that, uh, he carried a loaded pistol that night and acknowledged, uh, that it was aimed at Rittenhouse when uh, Rittenhouse shot uh, Grosskreutz. So basically, that kind of made headlines because it supported uh, Kyle Rittenhouse's use of, of de- self-defense. Um, the third big moment that sort of made some headlines is when the one of the prosecution uh, lawyers was demonstrating some of uh, Kyle Rittenhouse's actions uh, that night. He held a rifle, um, and what appears, you can't quite tell from the video, but it appears it's aimed towards the jury during his demonstration with his finger inside the trigger guard. Yes, that's one of the more unforgettable things that happened yep. at, in this trial. Yes. I mean, what was he thinking? Right. Even if, I mean, it was unloaded, but even, you know, you still don't do that because you never know. Well, especially, and remember, you had this other story, the prop gun incident with Alec Baldwin. Yep. And I think that had just happened right before. So it's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. You have this prop gun incident making national headlines, and then you have this fool of a prosecuting attorney who st- sticks the barrel of like an AK-47, sticking it at the jury. It's crazy. I don't. I think that guy should have been fired. Yep. Only in government do you get to keep your job like that. He'll probably get promoted because that's how it goes. <laughs> you fail upwards. Indeed. And. Um, I think I have another uh, moment here. Oh, yep. And probably, probably the biggest one is Kyle's reaction to the not guilty verdicts being read. Oh, yeah. I'll never forget that either. There's, I'm sure it's pretty easily found out there. You can find the video of him. Uh, It's right after the lead jury member, I forget what they call him, chairman of the jury, whatever they're called, reads uh, not guilty for the final charge 
and uh, Kyle's so overwhelmed with emotion, he nearly or does collapse. Um, oh yeah, he the breaks down sobbing. Yep. it's crazy. It's yep. it really would touch your heart. Go go watch it. Yeah, it's definitely one of the most memorable moments of the trial, and rightfully so. Well, yeah, it was over at that yep. point. He was found not guilty, and he walked out a free man. Hallelujah. That's right. And, um... I think we'll see big things from Kyle Rittenhouse. Yep, um... He... I heard not too long ago that he is planning to change his major at college, because he's originally going to go to, I think, Arizona State University uh, for nursing. But after his trial... Um, and an incident he had with his the first round of lawyers, um, he's gonna uh, get into law and try to become uh, a defense attorney, I believe. Well, and I bet he'd do great at it. Yeah, especially after his experience. And um, yeah, like you said, I think we'll see more from him. Uh, so keep your eyes out for his name in the headlines. Mm-hmm. And with that, we can come to our next story. We didn't really get to cover much. I feel like we might have mentioned it in passing. but Oh, I'm sure we did. Yeah. Uh, but it is the uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan. What a debacle that was. Yes, I'm sure we all saw the footage that was coming out of Afghanistan at the time. It was a heartbreak. Something like 19 people died at yeah. one point. In yep. one particular episode. Right, the uh, the bombings that took place mm-hmm. killed 13 of our service members. A tragedy. Right, and countless others, uh, Afghans. A tragedy that could have been prevented. Poor leadership, poor execution, just absolutely terrible. A dark day for America. Right. Well, I have a little bit of an update. Uh... Most of this info is coming from the New York Post. I'll have links to some of this stuff in the show notes. And as of December 13th, um, the State Department claims there are under a dozen uh, Americans remaining in Afghanistan. Um, And the department says... They have assisted 479 Americans and 450 green card holders in relocating to the United States uh, since the withdrawal on the 31st of August. Um, And then also from uh, the New York Post, they say there is a... Uh, a group called Task Force Argo, um, which is a group of private citizens working to get Americans and Afghan allies um, uh, out of Afghanistan. Well, that's cool. And they, they're, uh, and one of the co-founders uh, says they're dealing with a backlog of more than. 4,000 uh, 4, people, including 
family members uh, still looking to escape, uh, including one U.S. citizen still in the country uh, with family. Um, I believe this is another quote from the co-founder. He says they want to get them out, but uh, Argo has run out of uh, resources to accept more applications. And then more info from the State Department. Um, The State Department reports that more than 74,000 Afghans have made it to America since uh, the end of August, with another 3,000 being processed overseas. Um, The State Department has funding to resettle um, 95,000 through the end of September 2022. Uh, They didn't specify 95,000 what, I guess, people? I'm sure that's probably it. Yep. And that's pretty much all the latest bit I could find on that. Um, you know, I've also heard uh, that people are concerned about the lack of resources that are there in general for the Afghan people. Because um, I've heard there's maybe a month ago um, that there was like food shortage, shortages there and a lot of children weren't going to be getting any food. Um, Aww. Yeah. So it's definitely a still a sad situation and it's good to know that there are private groups out there working on uh bringing people home and um providing resources to some of the people that are there still. Yeah. I'm sure they do good right they can. <clears throat> and I don't have any notes um cuz there's one other story I don't think we really covered too much, and we'll just touch on briefly here. Um, uh, since we did mention some of the uh, Supreme Court cases that we did cover, there's one big one I don't think we did touch on very much. It was the one regarding the Mississippi abortion law. Um, and around that time, uh, uh, people definitely felt like there was going to be a chance that uh, Roe v. Wade would be overturned at some point in the next session. Yeah, I think it will be. Yep. I think there's definitely a chance for that, and uh, that's definitely a story we're going to be keeping an eye on in the new year, as well as some other stories. Yeah, certainly. Um, But I think one last thing that's new to us... We were going to discuss um, the the podcast we've discovered that um, features a couple of pretty cool Canadian guys, weren't we? Oh uh, yeah, yep. Well, you're the one who found it. Oh, uh, say tell them what it was. And- sure. Well, the name of the podcast uh, is Critical Podcast. Um, we well, I found it. We found it through our podcast host Red Circle. Um. As part of like a program they have to help find related podcasts, and we gave them a listen, and they uh, provide quite the insight on 
you know, stuff that's happening there in their home country, Canada, and of course, uh, news coming out here of, out of America, which, you know, dominates the news everywhere. No well, it's really it. interesting to hear them doing similar work from, yes. from a different perspective, from a Canadian perspective. Right. But they also seem to be pretty conservative fellows right. and uh, very eloquent. Um, and they have some good material up there. So if you'd want to go check them out, you can find them, I think, pretty much anywhere you can find us. Yep. Uh, uh, I'll certainly try... through Red Circle. Yep, I'll from provide their Red Circle link in our show description. And uh, like Frank said, go check them out. We we think they're definitely a, you know, another perspective to, perspective to hear from. And if you like us, you'll like them because as we were listening to them, we, we felt similar, uh, you know, like kindred spirits with them. Yeah, very much. Yes. So again, that was Critical Podcast. Yep. Okay, well, um, we want to thank you for your continued support of our coverage as well. Um, we certainly have much more in the pipeline of content coming to you soon. Um, we hope that you would continue to stick with us for some pithy discussions like this on new and continuing stories that we cover. We look forward to sharing our thoughts and predictions on what 2022 may have in store for all of us, because like we've been talking about it, it really seems like it might be a good year, the year of the Republican, perhaps. So, right, I would agree with that. It definitely feels like it could be you know, our time. Uh, to really make some changes in the country for the next several years, hopefully. I hope so. Things are looking good. Yep. So we would encourage you, of course, to um, to also check out our other fun and lighthearted content over at the Wiki Wacky Radio Show. Uh, and just as well, you can find um, additional bonus material up at our website, contemporaryconservative.net. And... Also, please feel free to reach out to either of us. Um, my email, uh, Frank, is uh, contempconserve, that's C-O-N-T-E-M-P-C-O-N-S-E-R-V, at gmail.com. And your email, if yep. you want to tell them. And you can email me, read, at contemptconserve2 at gmail.com. That's C O N. T-E-M-P-C-O-N-S-E-R-V, the number two, at gmail.com. And we hope to hear from you soon. We'd love to hear what your comments are on the show, what your opinions are, and if there are any particular topics you might like to hear us uh, discuss in the future, uh, send it to us. We'll be glad to get to it. Yeah, and please um, feel free to interact with our videos, like them, comment them, Share them with a friend or a colleague. And uh, we certainly thank you, the people. We love the people. <laughs> yep. We love the people and the listeners. And we hope you guys have a prosperous new year in 2020. Yes. Um, we've had a pretty good year, actually, for 2021, as weird as, and long as it's been. Mm -hmm. But uh, we look forward to many more to come here at contemporaryconservative.net. And as always, tune in next time. Thanks for listening.